I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. That it is. And that it is. Back in person, baby. We're together. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And you know what's so crazy? I was just thinking that our anniversary is just around the corner. It's like four years, isn't it? Four years. That's like a high school amount. Oh, Oh, it's bananas. It's bananas. But like, how cool is that? Like our podcast child would be like entering preschool. Preschool. Yeah, (gasps) I know. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know. That like gave me a shiver a little bit. Yeah. Like the way time moves is so wild. Like I just had my, what was that? Is it my 11 year? anniversary with anthony no in la my 11 year la actually yes because mine was in september and i believe you moved 2011 but like or was it the end of 2011 yes so then you would have had your 11th year yeah yeah it's just so weird and i don't know if i like it like i don't like staying in one place very long like i'm getting kind of like itchy but that's so like congruent with the way you were raised because to me like I think that one of the big reasons why I'm such a homebody and I have such an importance of like creating that home space for me and being there is that like my mom literally grew up in the house that I grew up in and I stayed there my whole life I lived in a condo when I was like really little but I we moved when I was like three and a half I barely remember living anywhere else that kind of childhood is so foreign to me and like, the yours idea. is so foreign yeah. to me you know what I mean so like for me it's like I when I put like my roots in place i'm like i'm never leaving i'm never leaving yeah like i'm only staying here when someone tears me out you know oh man 
Huh. Well, okay. We should jump in because I feel yes. like we have a lot to talk about. Um, oh first, my gosh. It's been so long since it, we've done a news has. episode. It's been a long time. And so I feel like we've got a lot of ground to cover. First things first. Um, sadly, Betty White passed away on yes. New Year's Eve. I feel yes. like we do need to acknowledge it since we just talked about it. I her. know. We've got a couple. I have a couple deaths that I wanted to acknowledge on the show, but Betty was definitely one of them. And especially because, I mean, how perfect was the timing for you to be able to do that episode without that like death looming over us yes I'm glad we got to it it made me think of that um tweet that you shared that was yes. like we showed Betty we loved her while she was still alive I'm really glad we did that instead of it being like a in memoriam yeah you know, kind of tribute to her and I also wanted to say that there was another tweet that I'm not sure if I shared with you but I definitely shared with my friend Lauren who's like my other golden girl in this world uh, but it was like she was 99 years old but she lived through 17 leap years yes which technically means she's 100 years old yeah if you count I, that I accept it right I'll allow it right yes. I'm totally gonna allow it so she made it to 100 just not on paper but no I was so glad that we were able to celebrate her life while she was still alive um we don't need to go into who she was because we literally just did a whole episode yeah, about go back her and listen. it's like three episodes ago for real it literally just happened but I also really wanted to highlight the life and death of Sarah Weddington who was the lawyer who defended Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade she passed away in her home in Austin Texas the day after Christmas and she was 76 years old so just a real quick uh, blurb about who she was in the late 60s she struggled to find a job with a law firm after graduating so she joined a group of grad students at the University of Texas who were researching ways to challenge various anti-abortion statutes. Sarah met Norma McCorvey who is better known as Jane Roe to all of us after she sought an abortion. So together they filed a lawsuit against Henry Wade, Dallas District Attorney and person responsible for the anti-abortion statute. After Roe v. Wade, she was elected to three terms in the Texas House of Representatives, was assistant to President Jimmy Carter from 1978 to 1981, a lecturer at Texas Women's University from 1981 to 1990, and was just an all-around awesome person. Like, I don't think that you would think about, like, a white chick from Texas taking that kind of stance, but the fact that she really kind of looked into something that was probably not so popular after graduating law school and deciding that that's what she was going to devote her time to. Well, the fact that she went to uh, went on to work for Jimmy Carter really... I mean, yeah. she's probably a pretty liberal, liberal person. person. Yeah. yeah. But I think like, especially with everything with the abortion laws that's going on in Texas today and kind of, you know, what we think of as abortion laws and the way that people, uh, how we generalize how people would think. Like, I feel like for me, that's such an amazing story. Yeah. I don't have anything on her, but while we're acknowledging people who have passed away while we were on break, uh, Joan Didion also passed oh, away. Oh, yes, Joan Didion. Yes. Which, what, a, what a fierce woman. Yeah, I really, I haven't read her book um, I or her books, but one book in particular that I want to read this year. So I am trying to read more this year. I have like, I'm trying to get through at least 20 books this year. Yeah. That's my goal. So I used to read almost a book a week. And since I've started my job back in the spring, I never read anymore. Because if I'm relaxing, it's like I want to be 
drawing or doing something with my hands and when I'm reading I'm stagnant and that's been harder for me since I've had time yes. off but I miss reading yeah, so much. I used to read so so much yeah. and since I've been as busy as I am I can really only listen to audiobooks like I can't sit down and read. You have because, to be multitasking whatever yes, you're doing. Yeah because I'm doing other things typically yep. but this year I really want to like sit down and like read books like yeah you know, actually read books. Oh I um, need to get back to that. I do want to also acknowledge, and we don't have to linger on this very long either, that we are recording on January 6th, uh, the (sighs) day my dry January died last year. Um, Staying strong so far this year, but just wanted to acknowledge that, that we are a year out from It's it's pretty amazing. I didn't know if you were going to have any notes on this or not, but I didn't because on January 5th, when I was taking my notes, I like totally wasn't even remembering what day this was going to be. But I was reading some articles throughout the day and... uh, a few little things that I think would jump out to all of us is that Dick Cheney was like the only Republican to show up in support uh, with fellow Democrats because his daughter was mm-hmm. is very outspoken against Liz, Trump yeah. and mm-hmm. Liz Cheney is very outspoken against, you know, Trump and the insurrection and all that. So yeah, she's on the commission. She's on the commission. And Dick Cheney was there to kind of like support that cause but he was like the only major republican to show up and like yeah. be on that side of the aisle i mean he's aisle. still an evil piece of shit but yeah totally and, and everyone <laughs> and like i was reading uh just like a buzzfeed article when i was at work but there was someone that was interviewed that even said like look this does not mean we agree with mr cheney or anything like that this is not even us reaching across the aisle it's just us acknowledging just stating that this is a thing that happened this is the thing yeah. that happened and he was the only person yeah. that did it and it was probably mostly because of his daughter it is Oh, it was definitely like that's very yeah. on brand for Dick Cheney. Like right. he was like anti gay rights until one of his daughters came out, you know. Like, yeah, that's it, so it's very, very on brand, very on brand. Um, yeah, for him. It's an interesting thing. I mean, like where we're at now and the response that I was hoping we would have as a nation post that is definitely not what happened. And yeah. uh, that's a real bummer. <laughs> It's a major bummer. Um, I posted a video to our Instagram stories about the various arrests that have happened since then and Mm -hmm. things like that. And obviously, that's still very much a part of the conversation. We're still as divided then as we are now. We're still in just as much a threat of our democracy then as we are now. Mm -hmm. So or now as we are then. So nothing has really changed. But I got it. I was talking to a customer today and I was ringing them up and just about both of us realizing what day it was. And I was like, it, we've got another 9-11 on our hands. Like it, there are certain dates where when you say them, you have this visceral reaction to it. So when I was writing 1-6, January yeah. 6th, mm-hmm. you think of it every single time you write that date. And I'm like, fuck, that sucks. <laughs> I know it does. I feel bad because my uh, friend, our friend Christina's birthday is today. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, Jan, no, Christina. Jan 6. It's just like, oh man, that sucks. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, mean, at least that can be, I feel like if you already have something in your life that would distract you from that, at least like that's a positive. And I just, I'll always remember her birthday. So. Right? Oh my God. My One of my high school best friends got married on September 11th this year. Oof. And his wedding invitation, oh my God, Keegan. No. It was an 11, but I swear <gasps> no. it looked like Twin Towers. Stop. I like, I've got a picture of it somewhere on my photos. I'm going to send it to you. I was like, this is important. I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Uh, okay, so to kind of go along with this general theme, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
over the past uh, week or so was banned actually on Sunday this last past Sunday was banned from Twitter that was fucking everywhere Mm -hmm. man yes Twitter confirmed that it had permanently suspended the personal account of uh, Republican Republican Georgia representative Marjorie Taylor Greene for violating the company's policy against sharing misinformation about COVID-19 it's about goddamn time yes I mean she still has access to her congressional account now I don't know why this particular time they were like that's it like yeah they they released a statement and was like this is her fifth strike and I'm like you get five (laughs) what an arbitrary number that especially when three is like just commonly used but yeah it's it's weird um but she tweeted made a tweet claiming that there had been an extremely high amount of covid vaccine deaths she was also calling democrats tyrants and so finally they were like we we cannot do this because she had previously tweeted claims that vaccines were failing when experts say that they have saved millions of lives and that covid19 wasn't dangerous when in fact as we all know it is deadly in oh my in the united states the number of covid cases has just hit a record high with the united states topping 280,000 cases in a 7-day period the week after christmas people mm-hmm. and it's only it's only going up yeah. since then um data well from- because no one is fucking safe this is the thing like if you and i were to get it being boosted you're boosted right yes, i can't remember yes. yeah like it, it probably wouldn't be as bad and things like that but no one is really protected right now. And that's what's scary. Right, right. Not protected from infection, right? Like we're because. Right. And that's the thing, too, is like there, that's always the argument is, well, you can get it even if you're if you're vaccinated. So why be vaccinated? Why do all that stuff? And it's like, OK, but if everyone had gotten vaccinated and we'd reached herd immunity the first time, this wouldn't be happening. It wouldn't. The virus wouldn't keep mutating yeah. in ways that like, a, you know, because our current vaccines are a little bit less effective against infection. Now it's right. going to stop you from becoming as seriously ill. Right. right. So it's just like, okay, but if you had just done it the first time. For <laughs> fucking real. And it is the most, it's the most irritating thing I'm ever. so tired. I, I just, I had an entire thing with Anthony last night on the couch where I, you know, we were talking about him doing his soccer league and like, if that's going to happen and right. like, when are we going to do theater again and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm just exhausted because it feels yeah. like never. It well, feels because like we're you in can't, the same place, you know, you can't plan for anything. No. There's mm-hmm. no planning. And it's like it's, the second you think you can start planning, all that goes out the window. And that's what's so infuriating. Yeah. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So um, misinformation is a key reason why many Americans still refuse to get vaccinated. And last April, results from an ongoing Kaiser Family Foundation survey found that 81% of people who definitely planned not to get vaccinated had been exposed to at least one myth about vaccines and either thought it was true or weren't sure whether it was true. So but, decided to err on the side of caution. Right. Or we were like, well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said on this podcast, like my dad tried to be like, don't get the vaccine if you ever want to have kids because yeah. it'll make you sterile. Like, and they believe these things. Like, right. it's complete misinformation. There have been people who have debunked this but over to, and over. But for some reason to them, they've been brainwashed to a point where that doesn't matter and they still believe right. it. Right, and you know? nearly half of all Americans are regularly getting their news from social media, according to the Pew Research Center. So it's essential that these social networks take action against misinformation, especially on like these massive platforms. Right, like, which is why Twitter should have taken charge before it's five strikes. Right, and you know, I understand that like it feels like it could be a slippery slope, like, you know... Free speech free and that. whatever. Right. Um, however, this is actually dangerous yeah. like, to the public health. Like it is actually dangerous. Right, and I feel like that's kind of where like, though free speech means that you're free to express yourself express yourself mm-hmm. and whatever that means like there does still have to be guidelines as to whether or not what you're putting out into the world is like hateful and dangerous just like anything like well, when it comes yeah. to videos or when it comes mm-hmm. to anything that we consume there still has to be guidelines into what's like safe and yeah. what isn't yeah i mean you can't yell fire in a crowded building right that's not covered under free speech exactly it's, it's dangerous yeah um you know so perfect example yeah However, because Marjorie Taylor Greene is Greem, Greem, sure. uh, oh, we don't, don't give care. a fuck yeah. about her. Say, call her whatever you care. want. Uh, but because she is such an absolute slime ball, she <laughs> has gone beyond just encouraging Republicans to leave Twitter. She did say uh, that Boo-hoo, the platform bye. attacked our country as a whole by banning her. That's what she said about Twitter. But she has <sighs> also begun an emergency fundraising campaign soliciting money from her followers to quote help her fight tech censorship i'm not exactly sure how that would work okay but are you fucking kidding me i mean i don't know how much money marjorie taylor green has but i do know that she's one of the most 
popular and influential people on the right. She's doing just fine. If this is some sort of vendetta you want to go against, use your own goddamn resources and don't be stealing money from your base. Like that is so shitty. I don't know how this money is going to be used because it's very vague to say we're going to fight tech censorship. Okay, But that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like if you had something to go after, hire lawyers, like make something of it before you go and ask people for money. But because these people are going to listen to you and they're so indebted in what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. They're going to send you so much money. Yeah. I'm, and I'm that is she's made so money. cruel. Yes. Well, yeah, these people are heartless. <sighs> For real. For real. Speaking of heartless, perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. And I'm not going to get super crazy into it because this is something, the whole situation is something that we will probably discuss further in the future. But I did want to discuss the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty. That's my thing I've got here too. Okay, perfect. I I had so many things backlogged through the weeks of stuff that I wanted to talk about when the holidays are going on. So, But since we talked about her on a previous episode, I feel like we should wrap it up. And I mean, my God, I feel like if this is such fucking feminist news. I mean, this is insane. So she was found guilty of sex trafficking on Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. She was convicted of five of the six charges faced being found guilty for conspiracy to entice individuals under the age of 17 to travel in interstate commerce with the intent of, with the intent to engage in, with the intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, transportation of an individual under the age of 17 with the intent to engage in illegal sexual activity and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of individuals under the age of 18. Juries reached their verdict in 40 hours over the case of just six days, which I think is like a long time. Uh, yeah. Especially because, so I was, I didn't take any notes on this, but I guess the trial was anticipated to take much longer than it did. And it actually went really, really quickly. So it's interesting that we still got the result we wanted when all of that happened. So she hasn't been sentenced yet, but she's facing up to 65 years. But since December 29th, when she was pronounced guilty, prosecutors have asked the judge for an inquiry after a juror said Mm -hmm. in a post-trial interview that he had been a victim of sexual abuse. And her team believes that this would warrant a new trial. And I really hate to say it, but like... There's a really good chance. There's a really good chance. And honestly, this juror kind of screwed it up. And there was... There were two jurors. I was going to say, Mm -hmm. after him, there was another juror that came forward. And so they're going to be looking into the questionnaires because he's stating that this first juror is stating that they don't remember the question being asked you know it was that definitely was asked. there's of no way it, wasn't. it was asked you would be a horrible defense attorney if that was not on your list of questions yes it was certainly asked i i, I can't see how it wouldn't be asked yeah. of of the jurors whether or not they had themselves ever been victims of um a sex crime yeah. so Basically what happened, yeah, they spoke to reporters afterwards and said that they believed that they're telling their stories of their own sexual abuse to the other jurors during deliberation may have swayed the other jurors uh, into coming into a guilty verdict. And the thing is, is that's probably true if that happened not to say that they would have found her not guilty or not to say that Gillian Maxwell is less guilty but if you're looking at things from like a purely legal standpoint you fucked everything up no absolutely because even if everybody spoke completely honestly and voted completely honestly and what they felt about what the verdict should be you lying even if everything after that was like spotless fucks 
everything up. Well, you shouldn't have spoken to the media after that. Like, it's very strange to me that... Why did two people come forward? That's so stupid. Not to be a conspiracy theorist, okay? But everything around the Epstein case is very Are you putting that tinfoil hat on? I'm putting it on just for a second. But, like, I do think everything around the Epstein case has been so shady that it did cross my mind that I was like, did somebody pay them to go and talk to the media afterwards, even if it's something that really happened that they really did, you know, discuss their own experience while they were deliberating. Why would they go out of their way to speak to the media? Like, like it's so, I mean, what uh, the only thing that I can think of, because that was my first thought too. like, why would you be saying this out loud? But the only thing that I can think is that if you are a survivor of sexual trauma and you're seeing someone who has perpetrated such terrible crimes upon underage people and you see them get the justice that they deserve, I, I wonder if there was maybe some sort of over overwhelming emotional feeling where you want to celebrate that. That's the only thing I can think of was that, you know, you're just in a different state of mind Maybe. Yeah. that makes you say things that you wouldn't because I was just like, dude, no, yeah. like yeah. you like they're, they very well could start this whole trial yeah. over. And I think she well, still would be found guilty. I truly do. They might not even start it over. They might retire the case. That's what they're saying. They well, might and just, just let her, it let and her retire. walk that's, free. I mean, that's what it says. How? That, I mean, I don't, it doesn't say they'll let her walk free, but what they, they're saying is they're going to retire the case and that's what it means to me maybe I'm wrong well okay she the only thing that I can think of is that now that I'm remembering she does have other lawsuits and other cases that she's going to be fighting but like I'm just thinking of the many true crime shows I've listened to where there's been like multiple trials and mistrials right. and hung juries totally. and they go through it multiple times and it'll take like five years so yes. for so me the, the it's lawyers, like this is such a high profile case I would case. hope that they would retry her but the lawyers have said that these remarks were devastating for the prosecution and could mean that the case would be retired. So that's what they're saying. They, mm. They're calling it an absolute disaster. This entire conviction may get tossed. Um, but OK, hold on. So they are saying that they may have to retry the case. So I don't know what retired means in this. Yeah, context. Well, I know that she's got another trial coming up soon for something else. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, they're very, messing with us. Very scary stuff. Very sad stuff. Very well, exhausting. Well, it's like, especially with this case at every turn, there's some sort of like horrible roadblock, whether that be the death of the perpetrator mm-hmm. or whether it be this inconvenient happenstance with the jury. Yeah. It's like, come on, something's got to go totally. right for these victims. Yeah. Especially uh, because like they spoke. Putting them through another trial. Like, yes. Imagine. Uh, I don't want to like that is so much emotional labor yeah for those people yeah my goodness uh so I just have one last thing here because we did have a listener reach out on Instagram regarding our problematic fave episode that came out last week on Miley Cyrus and Amy Schumer uh they pointed out another thing about Miley that I had meant to bring up but uh didn't and so I said I would bring it up on the mini I meant to talk about it because we did go out of our way to kind of point out the good stuff that that Miley did in relation to like the LGBTQ community. Right. And so I think it is also important to mention this. And that is that in 2019, Miley got on Instagram live with her partner at the time, Cody Simpson. And in the video, she said, quote, there are good men out there, guys. Don't give up. You don't have to be gay. There are good people with dicks out there. You've just got to find them. You've got to find a dick that's not a dick, you know. (laughs) 
I always thought I had to be gay because I thought all the guys were evil, but it's not true. There are good people out there what? that just happen to have dicks. I've only met one and he's on this live. I thought I had to be yes. gay. Yes. And so I, okay. So I wanted to talk about this. I know it feels like it's out of left field. Like this is news from 2019, but I, I wanted to bring it up because we did go out of our way to point out the good stuff within the community. Right. Right. And the community felt very betrayed. Obviously. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little pissed. Yeah, I mean, and for many reasons, like, first of all, not all men have dicks. Yes. So that's some problematic language to start with. But what she received the most backlash for, and rightly so, was her insinuating that gay women um, were gay because they just hadn't found the right man. Exactly. Which is insulting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I found the right man and I'm still a little bit fucking gay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it's very, it's such a bizarre statement to make. Like it's, so many people um, criticized Miley for doing to the queer community what she had done to the black community, which is basically like using their identity as her own to forge a new persona for herself and then drop it when it doesn't fit her narrative Mm -hmm. anymore. A lot of people really thought that that's what she was doing. And again, that's a very valid criticism. Right. She did come out later and say that she was quote just talking shit about sucky guys and knows that you can't choose your sexuality and she reiterated that she considered herself to be part of the lgbtq community so why are you saying that stuff it's very like it's such a weird it's nothing that would ever come to my mind to say out loud yeah it's it's yeah, it's it's very weird. Even like, you if don't she was to be gay, you don't have to be gay. And I think she also posted a selfie with him in front of uh, a like p- sign that she had in her house that said like, "Hey, mom, I'm gay," or "Guess what, mom, I'm gay." And then like it had the caption that was like, "Change of plans" or something, which is just <sighs> it does imply that you can kind of like that you're changing your sexuality, right? That your sexuality changes depending on who, who you're, you're with, with, which is not how that works yeah you know like i love it in schitt's creek whenever um the david rose character is is pansexual on the show the way he describes pansexuality for me is such it's it's like something that i would want to send to anybody that like doesn't understand how i feel about stuff i like the wine and not the label yeah and so you don't stop liking red wine just because you're currently enjoying a crisp white wine exactly so it's such a bizarre thing to say that like oh i'm not gay anymore because i'm in a relationship or i'm not part of the lgbt well and it's It's weird it's perpetuating such a part of like the biphobic culture as well that's so prevalent that is so damaging and like the reason one of the big reasons i never talked about my sexuality and like that's just upsetting to me because there are still so many young people that look up to Miley and especially young people that are part of the LGBTQIA community that look up to her and it's like I wouldn't want them to come across that and feel invalidated about their own identity because of something because of something that someone who claims to celebrate you says something negative yeah and it's a huge stereotype as well for gay and lesbian people like yeah every gay guy that I knew growing up that was something that they had to deal with all the time was like oh you'll meet the right girl and then this will pass oh my god and think about like lesbian bro culture where it's the same kind of thing where it's like hot to watch girls make out but yes. just wait for the right guy to come around and or like, I can I can or flip you I can exactly, change exactly or yeah. I want to join in or you know there's so many mm-hmm. disgusting like innuendos that are made 
surrounding all of that that is just so harmful and gross. So yeah. I'm really glad that that listener brought it up yes, that you brought it up and I'm sorry I missed it on the full length that's what I get for being so disorganized over the break I mean we're human <laughs> we had like a day and a half to prepare Dude, that's true. <laughs> you know and you did read about it you know so that's the thing is like we always tell y'all like if there's something we miss if there's something you want us to talk about like please tell us because it's not intentional it's just like we're fucking human we're not going to get everything right 100% of the time yeah that's true um, I want to give everybody a huge thank you for being so patient during this whole break and being cool with us taking so much time off I didn't even really think about how much time we were taking off when we started the holiday season so thank you for giving us that peace of mind and everything I want to remind everybody that we do still have merch available. You only have a few weeks left. January 30th is the cutoff for our holiday merch. If you want to get ahead of next holiday season. I just got mine. Mine just came in. Your what? My sweater. <gasps> Your sweater? Yeah, my Slay the Patriot <gasps> sweater. Did you, what color did you get? Same as yours. You got so white? we have matching sweaters. Yeah. Mm. I love it. I got to get mine back yes, before I forget. I, will, I, <laughs> I washed it for you. It's ready. Perfect, because I had already spilled coffee on it. Like my <laughs> I've already first gotten wear. makeup on mine, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. We're good. All right, so if you want to join us and have your own merch, uh, just go to the link in our bio on our Instagram page. If there's anything that you want us to talk about in the news episodes in the future, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. Last but certainly not least, we so appreciate it when you leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. We just got a couple this week that were so Sweet. I love the one where it was the title um, Truth and Truth Advertising. advertising. Yeah. They're angry. I was like, yeah, we are. Um, so if you love us and haven't left us a review yet, that is the best way you can support us. So go to your Apple Podcast app and leave us a review there. We appreciate it so much when you do. Like we text about it and it makes our day. So thank you so much. All right. That's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast, Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes.